I'd like you to use your poetic imagination for just a few minutes. Think of God as light and think of yourself as a window pane. One of the goals of our Christian life is to be a clean, pure, transparent, and humble person so that we vanish into the light which is coming through us. Thomas Merton used this metaphor to talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Merton says that no one has ever more perfectly contained the light of God than Mary, who by the perfection of her purity and humility is, as it were, completely identified with truth like the clean wind of pain, which vanishes entirely into the light which it transmits. I'm Dale Clem, a retired elder of the United Methodist Church, and today we're going to focus on Mary and see her courageous life as an archetype of the spiritual life. Mary, of course, was the first disciple, the first to receive the word of God, Jesus, and the first to announce the good news of his birth to her cousin Elizabeth, if not Joseph, anyway. Mary's song of praise, the Magnificat, first praises the Lord and Savior for showing favor on the lowliness of his servant. But then she moves her concern away from herself to those who are oppressed, hungry, and powerless. Mary was also one who has a good grasp on prayer. She ponders things in her heart, as Luke puts it. I wonder if after the resurrection was Mary who taught the disciples about contemplative prayer. She takes her little baby to the temple for a circumcision, and this prophet, a stranger, asks to hold him. She hands him over to Simeon, who touches the baby's head in blessing and says, Master, thank you for dismissing your servant in peace. You shall truly unify all the people in love. Then hands him back to Mary and tells the parents, He's a sign of God's unifying truth and love, but he will have opposition and pay a price. Then he looks into Mary's eyes and tears fill his as he says, And a sword will pierce your heart too. Mary is fearless and courageous when she and Joseph flee to Egypt. I can hear her shaking her head saying, No king's going to kill my son, uh uh-uh. She was the frantic parent of the lost boy. Like a teenager with an attitude, Jesus says, I was in my father's house. But I suspect Mary had the last word. She is often portrayed as submissive, weak, meek, and mild. But I don't believe it. In John's gospel, she tells Jesus what to do when the wine is running out at the wedding. Mirabar Star says that this is when she gently nudges Jesus to bravely begin doing his signs and wonders. She is pushing him out of the nest to try out his wings and fly. Her prophesied sorrow comes true when Jesus is arrested and she watches as the nails are nailed into his wrists and feet. This was not a weak woman, but one whose heart was full of love. If she was meek and mild, I don't think she could have stayed with him as he suffered. When he breathed in, I bet she breathed in. And when he exhaled, I bet she exhaled as well. Her eyes were glued to his eyes as he forgave his tormentors and welcomed the thief to meet him in paradise. When he felt abandoned by God, her presence reminding him that he wasn't abandoned. She saw him take his last breath and may have even been sprayed by the water and blood when he was stabbed. She makes sure he was lovingly taken down from the cross and then cradles his head in her lap. But that wasn't enough. She wanted to hold his naked body once more. 
this image of sorrow and grief, the suffering mother holding her dead son, is called the pieta, which means the pity or compassion. If you can look at Michelangelo's pieta and not be moved, you have no heart. If you can watch any mother's anguish of holding their lifeless child in their lap, rocking back and forth and gently kissing their forehead and not be moved, you have no heart. Mother Mary is a sympathetic companion who knows what it means to worry about our children, to question their choices, and the helplessness of not being able to keep them from harm. When we share our grief with Mary, we won't have to carry them alone. Maribar Star says that Mary is the quintessential mother of the feminine face of the Holy One, fierce protector and gentle consoler. She reaches into the heart of the wounded world and offers tenderness, compassion, and acceptance. There's a reason she's carved in stone and cast in plaster and painted on canvases of the masters and splashed in murals on city walls, embossed in metal woven into tapestries, silk screened on the t-shirts. She points to the love that God has for the world. Other than the Nativity and Holy Week, the Annunciation has been painted more than any other stories that could be argued that are more significant. Jesus' teaching or miracles, feeding 5,000, but it is when the angel Gabriel comes from God and meets the human Mary, which captures our attention. The divine enters into the everyday life of a woman who does something no man could do. In this story, we really have a pattern, an arc of the spiritual life. To begin with, God takes the initiative through the angel Gabriel to dialogue with Mary. God also begins the relationship, the prayer, the conversation, the call with us. God speaks to us in unexpected ways. It could be through nature or a friend, a book, music, the birth of a child. God comes to us first, and we're surprised when we experience some mystery we don't understand. It's always God who takes the initiative with his presence. Mary's response is fear, and she's perplexed. Has this happened to you? You think God may be nudging you in a direction to do something, but you aren't really sure. You're perplexed and maybe a little afraid. It is beyond your comfort zone. Maybe you feel a little unworthy. I know I felt that way when I was called to be a missionary in Lithuania, and I I shared that with our family. Then our family was called to be missionaries in Lithuania. We felt a little vulnerable, and I thought, am I making this call up? I know some who knew me wondered if it was a midlife crisis. I did feel called, but I also felt very unworthy. I remember preaching in some of the churches in Alabama, who were sponsoring us before we were leaving. They prayed for our family, and they said how proud they were for us. But I didn't feel proud. What I felt was being unworthy, and I'm sure that we had what it takes to be missionaries. When God calls, we may respond with fear, unworthiness, and uneasiness. And what does God say to Mary through Gabriel? He says, Be not afraid. Then Gabriel offers her a more detailed explanation of what God is asking of her. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son. The same is true for us in our spiritual lives. It takes a while for it to become clear what God is asking us to do. 
Mary pushes back and asks her own question. How can this be since I'm a virgin? Who hasn't said to God, how can this be? Why me? Gabriel reminds Mary to look for signs of of God's promise that's already been fulfilled in her life and in the life of others. He tells Mary that her old cousin Elizabeth, who's been barren, is pregnant with a son. And he says, for nothing is impossible with God. Look at what God has already done and what God is doing. That's the message Gabriel is telling us, I think. When we're doubting and confused and not sure that God is calling us to do something, and we say, how can this be happening? God reminds us, remember how I've been with you and others in the past? Can you trust it? I can't speak for you, but as I reflect on how God has been with me as a pastor, a father, husband, campus minister, spiritual director, missionary, and all the friends that we've met, the places that we've gone, it has to have been God who is at work in our lives. Of course, I have no proof that God was involved. But I suspect that's normal. God told Moses, no one can see my face, but you can see my backside as I pass by. Sometimes I think it's through looking back that we realize that God was with us all along. I invite you, look back over your life, your week, your day, and see how God was there with you. This is what Gabriel is saying to Mary. Look what God has already done in your life. Elizabeth's humiliation was not being able to have children, and this pregnancy shows that nothing is impossible with God. After reflection, Mary is able to say yes to this strange request. Let it be to me according to your word. And the same is true with us. When we answer yes to God, we are agreeing to join him, to create with him. But the decision is always ours. When Mary says yes, she becomes a partner with the Almighty to bring Christ into the world. And when we say yes to God, we're also being asked to nurture the Word of God within us and bring Christ into the world in our own context. The conversation between Gabriel and Mary is the arc of the spiritual life. God initiates the conversation. Usually we're hesitant, we're fearful, and we seek more understanding. We have more questions. Then God reminds us of our past experience and experience of others. And if we say yes, we are able to bring light and life into the world. And then you know what happens? It's an important part of the story. The angel left her. Mary was then left alone to carry out what she was asked to do. Of course, God was with her, but I suspect she felt lonely. This is what happens to us. We say yes. And then the angel leaves us. And it's up to us to figure out how to do what God asks us to do. What does Mary do? She goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth. She seeks the wisdom of an elder. This is a good move for us as well. Imagine Gabriel, a messenger of God, coming to you and telling you, you know, there's a bell within you waiting to be rung. There's a story in you waiting to be told. Something is stirring in you. I'd like to invite you to contemplate, ponder what it is that's in you that God may be calling you to do. Then think about what obstacles are between you and doing it. What's holding you back? Imagine Gabriel offering reassurance and speaking to you. What does he say? 
Think about how transparent your life is. Is God's light able to shine through yours? Is anything obscuring that light? We're all window panes through which God's light can shine. How is how are your friends seeing God's light through you? I invite you this day to spend some time pondering these questions in your heart. And maybe when you ponder them, God will speak to you as Gabriel spoke to Mary. Would you pray with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen.